Hello, everybody. This is Abortion Recovery Network with Linda and Mindy. And we have a guest today, Stephanie Libertor. She is with Hope and Healing, and we are going to give her some time to share a little bit about herself and how she got here. Welcome, Stephanie. Hello. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me today. Oh, glad to have you. So a little bit about me. I am a mom of two teenagers and um, I, I am divorced. I, I've been uh, local to the Canton area and in the state of Ohio for all my life. And I am so passionate about the movement that we're in. And uh, I know I'll get to my story in a little bit, but I started out as a volunteer, then came as a client and then came on staff. And I served at our local pregnancy center for over 12 years as our client services director. And then I've been at Hope and Healing, which is the restoration part of our ministry um, for over four years serving in this capacity. And I'm also the author of Unbound. Oh, you know what? You just said something that intrigued me. Um, you said you came in as a volunteer and we're assuming we're talking about the pregnancy center, just in case somebody else doesn't know. And then you became a client and then you became staff. Typically it's client volunteer staff. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, that's, that's my whole story, you know, because I think many uh, women and men enter the volunteering because out of our own stories, right? And that's exactly what I did. I, I came, I was um, barely a new believer. I mean, I was just a new believer. And my whole motivation for coming was, Lord, if I, I, if I can just stop one person from doing what I did, you know, choosing abortion as a teenager, um, and let me just say that was the wrong motivation for me coming. But, um, and I would discover that years later, but in the meantime, that uh, I hadn't had any healing. I was brand new to my faith. And um, so I served as a as an advocate, or we called them peer counselors back in the day. And I was doing that for a couple of years. I have no idea if God used me in any profound way, but he was making connections in my heart. He was making connections with other staff people, that would be very important for me moving forward. And I didn't know that. Um, so fast forward many years, probably, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe a decade. Um, I don't know how much you want to get me to get into my story, Mindy, but um, anyway, I came, I became a client because I realized that I needed post-abortion healing, okay. but there was a whole big, um, it's a big story. It's, it's how God got my attention. That's really interesting because, you know, when I came into the pregnancy center movement, we came in, we got trained. And part of that training was, if you have abortion in your past, you go through abortion healing. You don't volunteer until you do. Was there just like a gap there or you did know, you not share it? I, I cannot remember, Mindy. I I don't think that I withheld that information, but nobody asked me and I, I, there was an application and maybe, I don't know what happened, but that fell through okay. or I felt, or maybe I, 
I really don't know. I don't think I would have convinced anybody well enough to say, um, oh yeah, I'm good. But, but that's exactly what I thought. Mm, um, yes. I'm good. Me and Jesus are good. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm covered by the blood. I'm really good. But mm-hmm. it, it would take me some years to discover the difference between forgiveness and healing. Yeah. And I had that-, that forgiveness when I accepted Christ, but the healing mm-hmm. is a totally different thing. Freedom is a different yes. thing. Yes. So um, it, it begs the question because I hear that a lot too. And I would like to hear from you. What do you say to women um, who say, you know what? I know I'm good and I want to meet women right where they're at. I don't want to presume that they're not good because maybe they are good. Maybe they mm-hmm. have had a lot of healing or maybe in this particular season, there isn't anything triggering them and bothering them. They just are really unaware that there's anything left. Right. And sometimes we do that. And that happens. What, how do you have that conversation with those women? Do you just meet them where they're at and let them go? Or do you kind of dig a little bit? I like to dig a little bit. I think I'm a digger, (laughs) but, um, but not so much. It's like, you know, it has to be a work of, of the Holy spirit on their heart, but you know, whenever I share my story and I talk about the difference between forgiveness and healing, that part really resonates with people. Um, I can think of a recent client that I had who, when I said that she, she was there with her husband. She came, I mean, that was a whole unique situation. Just, we were doing a connect appointment. That's what we call that first preliminary appointment. And when I shared my story and shared that, that I thought I was good. And and then I just kind of told the rest of my story. And then I, how I realized that there is a difference between forgiveness and healing that, that was um, the hook. And the Lord has to do, has to take our words and, and bring something from it. We can't make somebody see their need. Sure. That's a hundred percent true, but we can present it. And I, I think there's going to be other people listening to this that are going to be as curious as I am about what that conversation looks like. So would you go a little bit into that, how you discovered the difference between forgiveness and healing for us? (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. So I had left the pregnancy center. Um, I worked, I worked as a volunteer for a couple of years, went on my way. I'm in my twenties and, um, new, new to Christ. Um, and when I was in my early thirties, I would say I was just about ready to turn 35. I was so, so sold out to the Lord that I, I just, I fell head over heels in love with him fell in love with his word. I just couldn't get enough of the Lord. And I told him, I am your girl. I, you just, I was single. Um, Lord, just do whatever you want with, with my life. It's yours. Um, I'll go anywhere, do anything. I'm all yours. And, uh, he took me up on that ladies. He, he just absolutely (laughs) took me up on that. And, um, one thing led to the other, and, and there's a whole lot of, you know, I'm just going to tell you what the one thing that led to the other is that I ended up leaving my corporate marketing job for the mission field. And I set out to do a discipleship training school with YWAM, which I don't know if you've heard of YWAM, it stands yes. for Youth with a Mission. And um, 
I wouldn't really consider myself a youth at that time. I was in my early thirties and one of the oldest people at that DTS. And, but I, 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 I had a, a go manual is what they called it that YWAM puts out and it lists every base in the entire world. And I said, Lord, anywhere. And so I felt him say to me, Petersburg, it was just this gentle word. And I said, yes, I'm going to Florida. So I turned to the USA, <laughs> turned to Florida, and I'm looking down the columns, trying to find St. Petersburg, Florida, the base. And there was no base in St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> kind of scratching my head. And I said, the only other Petersburg I know is in Russia. But like, isn't that a communist nation? <laughs> So just for giggles, I turned to uh, Russia and lo and behold, there was a St. Petersburg base and oh my goodness. I mean, the Lord just made it so abundantly clear that that was where he was sending me. So I had a friend still at the pregnancy center. And what is very interesting, ladies, ladies, is that this base had a pregnancy center And I said, I, I'm going to take some resources from our center because, you know, I knew that the abortion rate in, in Russia was so high, like an average of six per woman. It was just so high. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've been a volunteer. How could that be a coincidence? Right. So I, uh, I, I load my carry on bag with this Bible study. It, it happened to be the heart manual. If, and remember, if I could just jump in, were you just itching and jumping like, oh Lord, you're going to use me? Yes. I mean, did you just? Okay. Yes. This is, you know, I'm thinking missionary and I'm all yours. Lord, how can I serve you? How can I connect people? Cause I am a connector and oh my, he wanted to connect my dots for sure. Um, <laughs> And he's like, okay, we got it. So anyway, a friend of mine had given me the heart manual to take on the plane. And because I, I was going to pass it on to the base leaders. Now, mind you, remember when I was a volunteer, I did not do the Bible study because me and Jesus, we, we good. We were so good. And I long, long flight. So I pull it out. I'm on the airplane. We're 30. 5,000 feet in the air, however many. And I pull this out and I look through the pages and I do not know what it was that I saw, but it was like Jesus hijacked the plane. Okay. Mm -hmm. He totally hijacked the plane. He pulled the binder, the, the blinders off of my eyes. And I don't know what it was that I saw, but I saw truth. I saw my sin. I saw me laid out and I slammed the book shut, shoved it in my bag and kind of like, where can I get, I I need to get off this plane, but there was no getting off the airplane. I knew not a soul going over to Russia. And that began my grieving process, really connecting the dots and, and um, the grieving process. So I was there six months and I probably cried the first few weeks. I was in so much um, despair and grief. And I, 
I am so glad that the Lord allowed me to experience every bit of that and to cry every tear because I feel like I fully grieved. Um, but there was still work to do. And when I came stateside, I called the pregnancy center where I was formerly a volunteer, and then I became a client. Oh, wow. And then when I um, received <laughs> that healing going through post-abortion recovery, I just didn't think it, it could get any better than that. I thought, Lord, oh my goodness, the peace that I felt. And that's when I discovered that there is a difference between forgiveness and healing. I had that forgiveness because that's why I kept saying I'm good because mm -hmm. I knew that I was good. I, I knew I felt clean when I accepted Christ, received him. I felt like he had totally washed me clean. Mm -hmm. I knew that, but I had so much tangled up that needed to be untangling. I had to deal with issues of anger and rage and why my relationships were still struggling. I had huge, huge um, bitterness and blame going on. That's why I couldn't heal. I was so bent on pointing the finger at everybody else instead of, you know, the three pointing back at me, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and until I took responsibility, you know, there was no freedom for me. I love your story, Stephanie. That is so yes. amazing. And you know what? I think that is where a lot of women in this country are and in our church is, is that story. Exactly. And um, God redeems, but we've got to be willing to step into it mm -hmm. and uh, he can take you to Russia to do it. That is amazing. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, I have told many people this, that he took me to the bitter cold of Russia because I went September through March. Okay. So I got, I got that lovely winter season he took me through to the bitter cold of Russia to thaw me out <laughs> because I, my emotions were stone cold. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So which, which study did you do when you did your abortion recovery? When I, the very first one I did was the heart manual. I did. The so heart. you did, you did, I end, did up end up doing okay. heart. And then I've done forgiven, forgiven and set free and portraits. I've done many of them um, okay. and retreats as well and have just continued my healing. Yes. And that's so important. And so what study are you using now for your abortion recovery program? I don't stick to just one. No, I, I like to have some options because not, we're not all the same. Okay. We we have different upbringings. We have different stories. We have different, uh, our, our readiness is, is just different, you know, like how much, not everybody's ready for that deep Bible study. And we have, um, we have portraits that we've used for a number of years exclusively that was written by, uh, or is written by Fern Bozinski. And she's, she was the director before me retired and um, I stepped into this role. Um, we've done that and we've done forgiven and set free. And I, I'm, I'm using the new revised version, which is wonderful. I think living in color is a beautiful study. So um, I kind of tailor it and decide after I interview the women and see where they're at, then I pick the study. Okay. 
Okay. And then uh, at some point you decided you were going to write a new study. Do you want to tell <laughs> us a little bit about that and how that came about? Yes. Uh, well, the Lord likes to hijack me, right? <laughs> <laughs> so this was no, uh, this was also a hijack moment, but um, yes, I remember thinking it doesn't get any better than this healing from um, the abortion. I just thought, Lord, you're so good. How could this is it? And uh, I didn't think I could be any more free. And then he sent me to a care net conference. (laughs) This was in 2006. And there was a workshop there that it was, it was so where I needed to be at that moment. And she was talking about healing from your sexual past. And she talked about the brain and oxytocin and, you know, how soul ties. And some of this was like really new information for me and I ate it up. So her book wasn't even published yet. And when I got back from that conference, in my mailbox was a message from her and she said, Hey, I'm, I've written this book. Would you be interested in, in, in reading it? I said, absolutely. So she sent me the file. I printed it off. By this time I was client services director at, um, at the pregnancy center and I was doing a volunteer training and I, it was the last day. And I sensed in my spirit that the whole that the Holy Spirit wanted me to go to my office because there was something that I needed um, from the office. And so I'm like, okay, I had no clue. I go up and I'm standing in the doorway looking around my office. What is it, Lord? And my eyes fell onto my bookcase. And on that bookcase was the 250-page study that she had sent me. And I was planning to do it with a coworker. It was just she and I that were going to do this study. So I felt like he was saying, that's it. So I took it down. Remember, I've got a, a room full of new volunteers. They're church ladies like me and you, loving the Lord, Jesus loving, Bible reading, church going ladies, right? And I'm like, okay, I have no idea but I just presented them. I, I, it was like a one sentence thing. Here's what this is about. I don't know anymore because I haven't done it. If you're interested, I got to sign up in the back, just sign your name. It's not committing you to anything. And let's just take it from there. There were 11 people in that first initial group for this study. Mm. Now I have learned a lot since then. That was the very first study that I'd ever led. I I wasn't in abortion recovery at that point. You know what that told me? It told me that there were a lot of women just like me who loved Jesus with a passion, who wanted to serve him, who were sold out for him, were pro-life, didn't matter how they got there, but they needed they, they needed something in that study they recognized because marriage didn't solve it because yes, Jesus is enough, but they were still struggling with anger or what they were women just like me. So we had 11 women in that kickoff study in 2007. Now 
And we have never ceased to have a study for women to heal from their sexual past. And we've done it twice a year because it's a 13 week study. So as I'm using that curriculum for a number of years, God just impressed on my heart to write my own story and share my, my journey. And that's what I did through the pages of unbound. Um, it's a Bible study. I wrote it for the church. I wrote it for women in the church, church ladies. It's a Bible study. Um, it goes deep in some places and, because what I realized is that abortion, as we know, is just a symptom. And he wanted to get to the root. He wanted to get to my roots because it's not enough for him just to, you know, like I, I kind of equate it like if I got dandelions in my in my lawn, but I want an, a beautiful lush green lawn, mowing them doesn't do the trick. I mean, it does right. for maybe a day. <laughs> You know, it cuts off all those sunny little heads, but give it a day or two and those little things pop up again. He didn't want that in my life anymore. He wanted to get to the root and we have to get to the root. Right. And so is this a one and done study? No, because I think that we're continually healing. I mean, we should, we should constantly be asking the Lord, where do you want to take me next? Because you know, we can all go deeper. Yes. And that's, that is the sanctifying process. And some of us have trauma from sexual abuse as a child in our childhood or sexual abuse in our adulthood, or, you know, our own abuses against our own bodies, because we made choices that were sexual sin, right? And scripture tells us that's, that's a sin against your own body and coming into marriage and then coming into the church. If we, if we weren't growing up in the church, or if we, if we, even if we did, we have we have a lot of things to resolve there. And, and all of those experiences change you, you know, they all, they, they create these, um, uh, behavioral shifts that we aren't even aware of some of them. And especially if there's trauma, it changes how you perceive the whole world and it will totally shape how your biblical perspective is. And so it's the constant sanctifying, 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 the sanctifying <laughs> process, sanctification process, the word I'm trying to get out that we have to, that we have to partake in. And some, some of us don't need that, but I think personally that the majority, what I loved about unbound when I read it and I went through it was that right off in the very beginning, you told your abortion story. And I loved that because I, it's my vision to get the church involved in abortion recovery. And I see that as one way to do it because actually there's many of us that struggle with sexual sin in our lives that don't have abortion. And when we can come to the table together and we can have open, honest conversations because the author has already brought it up, that just opens up a whole new level of transparency and authenticity. So I think it's super valid and, and I'm sharing my opinion and my point on that, but I really wanted to find out from you and hear you talk a little bit more about why adding other services to abortion recovery is, or you felt is needed. So we've got this um, healing from our sexual past um, perspective, but I know you offer grief support. So right. I'd like just to talk about these and, you know, give some stories if you would, yeah, please. Right. Well, you know, grief, we, we always say this. Grief is a universal language, isn't it? Mm. It's it's a language that we all know. 
and um, we all speak it. Uh, some of us to greater depths than than the next. But when I when you know when you mentioned grief support, like all of our studies have to do with loss and grief, abortion loss, sexual past is a loss. There's so many losses and just those two things. But there's also, you know, loss from death and loss from divorce and loss from dreams unrealized. Some of the women who've had abortions ha are facing infertility. And so they have right. a loss of like, okay, what they thought their life was going to be like, what it was going to look like down the road after they got married. Um, there's just so much grief and loss. And we have discovered that it really is a gate, a gateway to getting to the deeper issues by offering um, refuge is, is the study that we use. And it is, um, it's a beautiful eight week study that helps women walk through. It could be any, any kind of grief, as I mentioned. And it's so unique because in all of our like abortion recovery, every person there is, has had an abortion in our sexual past group, everybody has a sexual past. It could include sexual abuse. It could include abortion, but not all, but everybody has a sexual past that they're overcoming. So with this one, every story can be unique, but well, let me tell you the story and just tell you how, how it, how impactful it is. Um, my coworker and I, we, we have a sim, we have the same friend from church from an old, a previous church that, oh, I've known her over a decade, maybe more. And my coworker, Cleta, even longer than that. And she came through refuge twice for different reasons. She came through, you know, something to do with, you know, um, one one time her husband passed, so she was going through that and then never knew that there was abortion in her story because it was never anything that she shared. But at the end of that wrap up group, she said she made a comment about ha having an abortion. It was completely unknown. She had never shared that with anybody before. She just thought, I'm good. Kind of like what I've said, maybe you have said too. So she got into, so that refuge study became a gateway after she'd gone through two times, was a gateway to do abortion healing. Then she did Unbound, which is healing from her sexual past. We also have another study, Unraveled Roots. You may be familiar with that one that Support After Abortion does. She's done them all and she is trained to be a facilitator and she's a wonderful facilitator. So that's just one story about how um, it, it can just, it's just, it disarms people, it disarms women and opens the door when she realizes that healing. Okay. Yeah. It kind of, it hurts and it's sometimes messy, but like, wow, I came through that and this is how I feel now. Then she can, look at that and say, okay, maybe it won't be so bad if I open this, this chapter. And look that was at one that. of the things, that's a great story. That was one of the things I was at, thinking about is there's got to be quite a bit of overlap in the story studies 
And I love the fact that you're so flexible, like you don't have to go through this one first and this one first. How do you determine what study to put them in when someone comes forward? Yeah, what, that's a good question. And when someone comes to us, she usually has an idea or a reason why she's come. Um because maybe she's been on the website or she's heard a testimony or somebody told her about um, our organization. But I really like to listen to her story. And, uh, you know, usually we can discern what is it that bubbles up maybe where she's showing more emotion when she's talking about this particular thing as opposed to that. And sometimes it's not why she came, but because this is coming to the surface more. And so we kind of steer her there. And, but yeah, that's how is we it do the it. the same leaders in each group or is she going to have a different leader each time in the different groups? She will have many different leaders. Sometimes, you know, we have multiple volunteers and some of them do cross studies, but we don't want anybody to, to grow too dependent or dependent at all on our, on any leader. So she's going to, meet new ones. That's great. Um, I love that you have a lot of volunteers and I imagine that takes a long time to develop and um, get people coming forward and training them. And I love to talk to you about that another time on another show. What I'd like to talk to you about is your monthly support meeting, why you do it, what its impact is, what your meeting format might lose a lot of questions. So you can yes. just answer what you get to, but um, <laughs> okay. you know, how many women are you just doing it for abortion recovery? Are you doing separate ones for sexual healing uh, for grief? You know, just kind of go, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right now it's only for abortion recovery. Okay. And here's, here's why. Okay. So how it all started was the fact that I had another leader ask me kind of when I was new to here. And by this time we were, we were offering other groups, not everything that we do now, but we, we had a few other options and she said, okay, so what, what are you doing for um, abortion clients? Like what's your aftercare? And it wasn't like, do you do that's a yes or a no, but mm. she said, she asked me, what do I do? And well, I mean, yeah, we have refuge and we have this or that, but I was really convicted. I, I couldn't let go of that question that she had asked me. And I thought, what am I doing specifically for her? Because I know what I needed. Oh, I wasn't one and done. <laughs> I, I needed to go through and ladies, I'm still, you know, there are times when I'm putting together a, a monthly support meeting and the topic I have is like the Lord connects a couple of dots for me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that. Um, so it's been so rich, but um, it is just for abortion clients and it's called Women of Worth. And I love the name because as you know, many of the women don't feel that they are, they really yes. struggle with this worth. And there is something so beautiful happening at this monthly support meeting. It just, it's just a touch of the Holy spirit. I just really, I believe that because it's a place where women can take their first step or their next step. Um, so many of the ladies that come and I have anywhere from five to 14 women come any given month meeting. 
That's good. I think that's a pretty good, it has grown over the last couple of years. And um, so most of the ladies have come out of a retreat or a group, and this is their way to stay connected and to keep healing, keep growing, um, keep exploring their emotions and that kind of thing. And then for some, for some, it's their very first step toward healing. I have a great story. So when, yeah, when we started uh, promoting our women of worth, we sent press releases to all of the local newspapers about what we were doing. Um, That meant, you know, the big local paper uh, for, for Canton. And then I wanted to hit all the little freebie papers and also not only in our County, but in other counties, because women like that anonymity. And so going to another County is not like a, um, I think that they would do it. Right. So I had a call from a woman who an hour and 15 minutes away. And she said, she saw this in her free newspaper. And she said, I don't even subscribe to that paper. I have no idea how I even got that paper, but there it was. And I saw your, you know, your women of worth and can I come? And I said, yes. And, and as we had a conversation, I tried to connect her to the local pregnancy center. She goes, no, (laughs) no, I want to come. If you don't mind, I want to come. I said, (laughs) of course. So she came and she comes regularly when she's not traveling. Now, this is so interesting. After coming three times, she brought a friend who happened to be 88 years old. And this was her sponsor from AA or whatever, you know, and this 88 year old woman had never shared her story before. And her abortion was in the sixties. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> it just blew me away. Yes. We cannot, um, we cannot put God in a box. We, we yeah. cannot. I, and that's why I love what you're doing ladies, because you just don't know who's going to get a hold of this or come across this. And it's going to be, it's going to take them one, one minute or one step closer. You know, I'm so glad that you shared that story because recently I had a lady come through one of my groups and, um, found out as we got towards the, you know, the memorial and the baby card and just putting all that forth at just that her, her daughter would have been 53 years old. Mm. And then when she put the date on the card, it was one month before my birthday. And it was so precious because, um, you know, I just shared with her, you know, I just don't think it was any coincidence that the Lord put me in your life. as being the same age as your daughter to help you walk in this season and uncover some really sweet things. And I just believe that was just, just a gift to her from the Lord, just to be able to receive healing from a woman that would be her daughter's age and <clears throat> women that age rarely come forward. They have done such a good job of keeping it concealed and their generation or in that era, they don't talk about those things. And so now wanting to come forward with that is so hard. So I love that you shared that. I mean, I think what we take away from that is you're right. We can't dismiss 
the mm-hmm. older ladies, they're, they've been living with the secret for a long time. And while they might say they're fine, just like the rest of us, we know that abortion affects us and it changes us. That's beautiful. She was able to come yes. forward. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I think it kind of helps too with, you know, when we finish a group, there's always this, that last session, this letdown of, okay, we're done. Oh no, what are we going to do now? And I love the fact that, that the ongoing meeting gives them the opportunity to stay plugged in because again, the theme I keep hearing is it's not one and done. You know, mm-hmm. we're all in process and it keeps those connections alive. And I just love that. Um, where do you meet? And and it's a monthly, it's a standing monthly meeting? It is a standing monthly meeting. They don't have to commit to anything. And so it's right here in our facility where we hold out all of our other recovery groups. And it's a surprise every month when I hear that door opening, I never know who's going to come, who's going to walk through it. And that's what makes it so much fun and exciting. And it's like, a, and they're becoming friends. And sometimes women pick up other women and, or have dinner before they come to the meeting. It's really neat what God is doing. And it does, it keeps them growing and connected. Well, um, once again, our time has flown by. And so I am going to go ahead and stop us right here, because I think if we start asking more questions, we'll just keep going and going and going. And I want to honor the time of our audience too, because I know they don't have forever to listen. And I want them to be able to absorb what they've got and what we've gotten from you, Stephanie. And I hope to have you back. I hope that you enjoyed being here and that you will um, honor us by uh, coming back and being a guest. And um, we just thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Oh, you are so welcome. It was really an honor and a joy. And yeah, I, I talked a lot. Sorry about that. Well, well, you have some good things to share. And I think um, what you share is really encouraging for us to hear, you know, because we all have a journey and for all the leaders that are out there, you know, some are in your shoes where they've been leading groups for a really long time and maybe just need that extra oomph of encouragement to say, you know what, just keep on going. And others are new and they might be a little intimidated by, you know, what's out there, what's possibility, because now there's so many more options and there's so many more diversity of studies and, you know, different kinds of groups. And of course we've got the in-person, the retreat, the virtual, all these different things. And it's, it's overwhelming. And then just, just the overwhelmingness of the millions, there's millions of people who need to be healed and we cannot do it by ourselves. you know? And when we're seeing, you know, just a couple come into a group, maybe we have a one-on-one or we have two or three and we're like, am I really making a difference? And yes, we are. And so when we get together and have these conversations, I think, especially what you've been sharing, you've been doing it all these years, it's just encouraging to know that, yes, we're making a difference. And now we're going to make a difference together by doing a podcast and encouraging leaders and um, training your training leaders. I want to talk to you about that because I think we can all learn a lot about that identification of leaders and, you know, qualifications and all these things. So Anyway, I've been blessed again. This is really Stephanie, only our second conversation, I think. Right. That correct. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I, I know I enjoyed talking to you the first time and um, I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you. Likewise. Nice meeting you, Linda.
You too. God bless. I'm excited. And, and I love the, the whole thing of keeping fresh and trying new things and, and how God has done that. And we all need that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Message. yeah. All right. We're Bye, signing ladies. off. Happy Friday. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, I didn't mean for her to get on. I, hang on. I'm still recording.